abide by this fucking recording session happening in my fucking kitchen. Space beef like, band, like, god damn like, it. She's hungry for Mongolia barbecue and dick. Basically, what's gonna happen is every week we're gonna offer to suck Mark and Turn your words. Steve, do you yeah, realize okay. how bad of an idea this was? This is an idiotic show. This is our episode. Yeah, exactly. How backstreet boys? It's like, what are you doing? Do you know what you're doing? Shit, we gotta be over here. I, I, like, as a friend, I, as a friend, come on, guys. An incredibly poor decision and literally betrays everything that the beat is about. Welcome back to the Lost Beat 6 show, episode 24. Uh, we got a special thing going on today, which we got uh, the Deltas, who are personal friends of mine. Yeah. We met in college. Back right. in college. We're going to do a little something different this week. Uh, Eric's going to stop in later. And we're going to do a split interview because this is a the Deltas, if you didn't know who they are. They're a brother tandem playing uh blues country americana things going on it's it's americana yeah it's the kids are calling it these days yeah yeah (laughs) but we're gonna split up we're gonna we're we're doing something different we're gonna split them up we're gonna we're gonna break them down and break it down down into different different uh uh we're gonna get to know each brother as 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 uh because they're you guys are used to doing two two people we got john here this is john siegel I'm a drummer. He's the, the drummer of the band. Brother. Yeah. If there, if we, I think if we just did it with us together, um, it would just turn into a Ted Siegel interview. Yeah. Fuck that guy, man. Well, I don't want to uh, say that, but you know, so you're just, on the you're on the Lost Beat Six. This is a very it's this is a thing we call beef in it. Beef in it. Okay. And we're we're right. it's a very carefree thing. We're just razzing you, Ted. You'll get your chance to do your thing. By the way, what's up with that guy? Oh, with Ted? Yeah. Are you guys? You guys, um, I kind of already split the spilled the beans by doing a separate podcast thing, but this is right. your exclusive chance to talk. I wouldn't say there's anything going on with Ted. Okay. I mean, I just, uh, like I said, you know, as a, as a little brother, you always, you always kind of get the, you always sort of second banana in a sense. You always get the... Your, your Dave Davies? Get the hand-me-downs and the, and the second thing. Your so. Mike Loves? Are you feeling, uh, are you feeling, um... This is your chance. Are you going solo, or is this, this is your true yeah, chance to solo. your true confessional? No. <laughs> you get to. St- spend I don't think I could go solo, Stephen. I really don't think it would be possible at the moment. It would just be a uh, be an album filled with uh, very little. So would you do yeah. more singing or more harmonica? Probably be more harmonica. Okay. Yeah, but they, uh, the problem is, is Ted's more of the songwriter, so there wouldn't be much material. Um, not that I don't. Right, but I need to. I kind of. It's gotten to the point now where I need. I need to have. I feel like I need Ted to mm-hmm. write. You know, my creative output is sort of dependent on Ted. Yeah, you, you guys do a pretty good job of like balancing out the um, arrangement. So like you're like for example, you do a lot of that. Or I should say, you kind of like complement the strengths. So if Ted's a, okay. like a, like more of the he does more of the share of the writing, but you have that arrangement capacity based on your your com, your composing. Yeah, I, I guess I do a little bit of that. I feel like whenever I sit down at the piano with a, with a tune, it usually doesn't go well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but you know, I, I really am just a drummer and a harmonica player. That those are my two main instruments. I, I 
all the stuff I learned in school, honestly, it's just really is not doesn't really help the band at all. It's just I no, that sounds bad, but you know, it, like it, it, it it's useful. Uh, when have we used it? It's not true, you know. Uh, I can uh, see a handful. Like your brother, you yeah. know the, the modulation. Like your brother, you you know. I thought I don't know, yeah. those of you folks who are, who are great, De- you know, Delta's fans, modulation, and like your brother. Those of you who know what that is. Um, mm-hmm. That was that was come up by me, um, and that that was that was a pure just thing I learned in school, honestly. Well, I mean, there was, I think. So you there could, you go. There's an example. You know, you've there's been. You've, the Ted's credit you on the wild Mustang rhythms and the the concepts yeah, of that and yeah, the way yeah. that works out and wasn't John Will along, long? Ted pretty much wrote that one. Oh, okay, completely. Was that Tommy? He did the did a lot of that kind of we producing uh, concepts and stuff like that. Yeah, that that song was just uh, that song was pretty much just like six verses mm-hmm. and six choruses. Okay. So it was like a Bob Dylan song, you know. They're kind of boring, you know. A lo- his longer songs, yeah, yeah, at least. Yeah. You know, I don't think anyone can sit through that. If you were to come up with stuff like that today, I don't think anyone could sit through it. I can't even sit through that I shit. Can't. So, like, I, you know, I, I, not I, would, as bad, I think I would just, claim myself to be one of the few that, few that can, because uh, yeah. I really enjoy just like bare bone or just sitting down. I think I was just watching. Uh, uh, you know, God on our side. You know that song where it's just oh, like right. the all the different War. things and it comes. All the all the the the, sto- the storytelling, the folk singing he's laying up, you know. Yeah, and that no. was one of the few you can like remember the storylines too, because he's got there's a narrative and arc and historical uh, references and whatnot. Yeah, I think if he would have had like if, if a he'd... big arrangement where like strings came in on the third verse and the drums came in on the fourth, and yeah. then they break down on the fifth verse, and the, the like. Yeah, like you really need that. So uh, in certain like in certain some songs. It's I love very Desolation nice. Road too. I love that whole yeah. long, strung out like affair. But I also can't remember the lyrics. To it's all right, Ma. I'm only bleeding. So, okay. you know, it works in both ways and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm glad it got written. I'm glad John Will got written. You know, it's a nice story. Yeah, but a, yeah. So, uh, uh, were you worried about the anticlimacticness of the of the um, death camp, the the POW death camp? Where he starved to death in the camp. Was that worried oh, that, that was P-O-W. not going to run? <laughs> I think were you worried that was good... POWs in the well, 1700s. Yeah, but, that's true. Um, those are, I mean, camp. I don't think... Does anyone know what we're talking about? Is, is this... Uh, well, they this got is a John list. Will. This is the song that, that we wrote about uh, who I'm named after, which is a, a Revolutionary War. Were you worried that wasn't going to play well with an audience that he just dies in a camp somewhere? No. Okay. I mean, honestly, most people don't even listen to the song. So it doesn't even really matter. Okay. So <laughs> we don't play the song live That's true. for that very reason. It, it's people have don't have the attention span for it. Okay. You know, it's one of those songs that just lives on the album, and it's just on the album. Out of, out of serious curiosity, would that ever be played in a place that kind of had the cultural capacity for it? it but like for example, that's a it's got a very Appalachian vibe. Yeah, right? we we're playing in maybe a more. If, Appalachian area, I guess. Yeah, say. like at, where 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 was John Will from? He was play. He was from. He's from. He uh, settled up in. Uh, where was it? I think it was in Pennsylvania. Okay, or, so it was Pennsylvania. I was thinking maybe Virginia. If you, if you had a nice audience that was real listening audience, you mm-hmm. could maybe try it out. Right. It's just a long song, and <laughs> and like it's a long song, and with usually when we're touring with just three people, 
Right. You can't. All the sections kind of just are not that interesting. You it's it's more. also very venue dependent too, right? It's it's like a you couldn't play it at a juke joint in Mississippi, no, no. or a blues club in Chicago. Pretty much couldn't play it at most places we play. Okay, ninety nine percent of the places <laughs> we play, we're not doing John Will. All right, we open the set with that sometimes, but you know. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> no. <laughs> what's what's on your mind, man? Come at is this your time to cathartically let it all out? Okay. You've had like four days. You've had a, you've had like you've been on the road for like four weeks, four months, three months, four months, three months. Yeah, three months. Three months. Okay, you went on the road for like three months, cooped up with two guys. Yep. In a small SUV. Right. And uh, you don't have to lay down your dirty laundry about that. That, but you have. You've had like a staycation. You've been out. You've taken a break for staycation, like staycation. Yep. For like four days, five days a week. About. Thereabouts Four. since the Harvell show, you had that like, you know, wind down. We had like yeah, I had like three days where just kind of rested a little bit. That what, was nice, I guess. What you what what have you been doing? What you been? What do you do when you are not like trying working, to trying to 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 trying to get stuff done, get stuff trying done. to make it happen? Make, yeah, me and the biz, you know. Yeah. What do I do? Um, I went down to uh, you know, went down to the beach. I was like going to the beach, you know, the nudie beach. Yeah, I got on the nude beach. Okay, which one? No, I didn't go oh. to the nude beach. <laughs> I, don't know. I, don't I would have had to see you there, man. That's yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I go to the beach. I, I practice drums. You know, I still like to play in my... I, it's odd enough. I like to play no, that's good. music. Yeah. You know, I, I always bring a harmonica with wherever I go. That's you cool. Know, it's a small instrument. been working on um, just, you know, just I'll, I'll like try to play various, like... Uh, you know American songbook standards on the on the on the uh, diatonic harmonica. That's always a challenge, and it's okay. kind of fun. You know, I'm a, I'm planning on doing like a crooner album when I go solo, nice. but instead of singing, let's be all harmonica. That actually sounds like a pretty cool idea. Yeah, so that that, that that's going to be a solo thing, solo project I have in the in the making. I'm still it's kind of in the I'm sort of doing it on the side. You know, would you would you <laughs> Self-produced? You get someone else to do it? Uh, probably get a producer. You know, okay. like a big guy. Yeah, yeah. To do that. Like I want, want like it to be like orchestral. You know. Ooh, ooh. Okay. Like, have you ever listened to like Harry Nielsen's like Little Touch of Schmielsen? That was the one where he did all the, the completely orchestral album. Yeah, yeah. But it'd yeah. be like that, but just Harry me. Nielsen's one of the be- one of the one of the Beefer Hall of Famers. Just so you know, just That's matter great. of fact, he seems like a vegetarian, you know. but. Actually, I mean, you I don't, don't have to, you don't, don't have know. to be a vegetarian to beef it. I'll tell Zach that or Dylan that or the two. Yeah, but I'm thinking an album like that. You know, I'd be like me on a stool with a bunch of harmonicas, and and it would and I would not play chromatic. Hmm. I'd be giving the diatonic harmonica. That's a bold strategy. The kind of class that it deserves. I mean, you, you know what I mean? Because oh, yeah. everyone always thinks of diatonic as this shit. Like, it's not shit, but it you know it's this kind of Poor man's. It's not. It's not at the same. It's not a serious formal instrument. It's kind of like I mean, how the guitar is. It know? really hasn't been. You know, I think the Baroque era would agree with you that the diatonic <laughs> scale is is in uh, really underrated. It needs to yeah. be used more. No, well, no, but that, like, that's in classical cool. era. I mean, fucking Haydn is with you all the way, man. Well, no, but that's the thing. The limitations, because if you're diatonic. What you can then be modal. I mean, you can be all these different. There's, mm-hmm. there's like a bunch of different keys you yeah. can play in with the harmonic. So its limitations are sort of its its strengths. 
in a, in a sense. That's very true. I mean, I remember my, my harmony class and yeah, I just so remember anyways, all the red marks. If you can't do that, you can't no parallel fifths allowed, man. Yeah. So anyways, that, that's just a little sideline. Yeah. Yeah. Music, music. Um, talk. So yeah, I'm going to do like all American standard. Maybe I'll just do Gershwin, you know? Oh uh, yeah. Just Gershwin harmonica. Would you just do Porgy and Bess or would it just be... Maybe I do just Porgy and Bess. I don't know. Just Porgy and Bass. Maybe you just do woodwinds and harmonica. Okay. Not strings. Like, maybe not even woodwinds. What just is... certain woodwinds, like bassoon. Like, you wouldn't want to get the high stuff. Maybe would you just want bassoon any... and maybe maybe not oboe, because oboe would probably get in the way. Yeah. But maybe just bassoon, uh-huh. like one flute, maybe a clarinet. I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe just two clarinets, a bassoon, yeah. and a contrabassoon, and maybe an alto flat, uh, flute. What do you call it? alto flute? It's like a little bit lower, and maybe maybe a bassoon player. Maybe a, sorry. Well, what about a tenor player. flute? Tenor flute, maybe. And or it could just be all harmonicas. But that they've already done that. There's a whole harmonica ensemble thing. It's they've done that before. You know, maybe. Oh, I got another idea. Classical works. Uh huh. Like I do like a Beethoven symphony, you but could, all diatonic harmonica. Which era? Would it be like like maybe just like the super know. romantic ninth symphony era or like super like classical third second symphony? I, I kind of like his. I mean, all of his I'm, stuff is the good. middle works it's, pretty good. The third and the fifth's pretty nice. I haven't heard the pastoral too much in a while. The sixth, maybe the fourth. That's like symphony? that's like the hipster pick of Beethoven is the pastoral. The hipsters like Beethoven. Uh, hip, well, hip, I don't know if hipsters like Beethoven. <laughs> they 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 might think they do. Just to keep their classical card intact. I like Beethoven. Mozart, six. Mozart's like That's the. Good. It's an irony about hipster picks because like hipster picks are basically the ones that you think are underrated that get higher up because you think you you're in the know. That's the whole point of hipster picks. So if we have like a guitar list, okay, and you have like top ten guitar players of all time, you know Hendrix is going to be number one because he's right. like the fucking patron saint. And he changed the thing in a way that nobody else thought. Like Clapton might be number two. Chuck Berry might be number three because he's in the early days. But like Ry Cooter would show up in number four or five. That's, that's the hipster, hipster pick. Yeah. That's, oh, like that's, a guy if you're making really a list. Low. And you're like, I didn't think Ry Cooter was that. No, but he's a fucking great guitar player, man. Or guys like. Ry um, Cooter is good. I mean, I like He's Ry amazing. Cooter. And so <laughs> it's like, but someone like uh, uh, David Lindley would show up in like the top ten. Like someone who's not cool. Or well, not, not David Lindley's cool, fucking like, amazing, but, but like not not you know it's someone that you popular, wouldn't expect, but it shows that you have some depth of knowledge of guitar players that right. really you're just throwing a guy up there because it's not first off because the idea of lips are, lists are arbitrary to begin with, the idea of like throwing like a right. hipster pick would be like uh, it's like for example like let's take drummers like common hipster pick and drummers are probably be like like Jim Keltner or something or. Yeah, like a drummer, like a session players that are that are like way up there, and they're not like in, like people who like, yeah. If you listen to Jim Keltner, did you really want as a as a drummer, as as a person as two drummers in a room right now, right? Who was the guy that taught you how to play drum? Who 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 like I want to play drums. That's that's the guy I want to who who told me. No, it was more like John Bonham. Probably more like John Bonham. And so, rightly so, even Let's though... Let's talk about drumming. That's a good I, yeah, thing we, we can do that. About, you know? We'll talk about I'm drumming. I'm actually a jazz drummer. No fucking rock drummer. <laughs> I'm actually a jazz drummer. And, like, that's another solo project I want to do. Okay. Is, like, I got my big band. Sure. You know, and it'd be, like, 
I'd be like up on a on a big pedestal in the front. Would it be like Ginger Baker's Air Force, which is like got all that African shit involved, like all the Western Yoruban stuff, nah, and then like that's already been done. Okay, be maybe like you start off the set with like the solo harmonica stuff, you know, that's like with an orchestra, uh-huh. and then it's sort of the orchestra then turns into like I like hop on my drums, and then we do like a, you know, big band era like sure. Buddy Rich kind of stuff. And then, like, mid-song, I would jump out and play harmonica, you mm-hmm. know, or do it while, while playing. I mean, that's that's your that's your gimmick, so why that's not? That's the thing, right? You like, know? that's your thing. Everybody's like, holy shit, that guy is super talented because he could play two instruments moderately well at the same time. Yeah. That's the thing, right? <laughs> I like the Del Ted's cool, but that guy's fucking amazing, man. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the right. thing, right? Yeah. So, let's talk drummers. Okay. We can do what like about the, harmonica drummers. Um, well, I think you're the only one I know. You know who's a cool drummer? I was looking up is uh, Earl Palmer. You, you're familiar with him? Is he like Carl? Sorry. Is I he like think Carl he has Palmer? To do with the like you know, what is that band? Uh, Emerson, Nick, and Palmer. Yeah, I don't think he has anything to do with them. He played on like he was like kind of like Hal Blaine's. Okay. Uh, oh, oh, was he, he was the, like was he the black one? Yeah, the black version of Hal Blaine. On the wrecking not crew. version, but like of the, the wrecking crew, he was like <laughs> yeah, yeah, Hal Blaine, I, yeah, 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 Earl yeah, Palmer. Yeah, yeah. And he, I don't think he got quite as much work because he was black, but his drumming is really good. Like I, I like, like just looking at recordings and checking out who played on it. I would, always, I always go like, oh, it's Earl Palmer. Like just unknowingly, it kept showing up as Earl Palmer. Yeah. And I really liked his style and his. Uh, Interesting. He's got a great groove, and you know he played like on a lot of Taj Mahal stuff, and uh, what's his name, Lou Rawls. Oh yeah, Lou Rawls. Yeah. Lou Rawls, great. So he's good, but I would say like I mean as as uh, like any drummer, you know, growing up I always liked Bonham and Ginger Baker. And mm-hmm. Not that I don't like them today. And Bonham, Mitch Mitchell. We, we've had discussions about yeah, those are the big three, obviously. Is that the big? Is that considered the big? Well, Mitch Keith Mitchell, Moon. Keith Moon actually was yeah. If you sub Mitchell, when I first heard Hendrix, it wasn't really like Hendrix is playing. It was Mitch Mitchell's like, what is that guy doing? Like Mac Depression. Yeah, that's a great song. I don't really like that song that much. I gotta be honest. I haven't played it back in a long time. I'm just I don't know just. I know it's got a cool beat and everything. I just sometimes I just don't. It's too busy. That's fair. It's like there's not make enough space. I don't know. I actually sorry, I, I, sorry, Mitch. I just <laughs> rest in pieces. <laughs> but the the uh, the Bonham thing is always. We've had discussions about Bonham because I think he's Bonham, yeah. he gets he is the I think as much as he's much the the overhyped player. In in the right. in of of all rock drumming, everybody he's like, and like, there's always a talk about you know how the Beatles are slightly on the overrated side, but they're the band that made everybody else want to start writing songs and playing guitars and being in bands, right? That's right. that's that's the watershed band. Yeah, and he's like the watershed rock drummer of heavy rock drumming. Yeah, and it's really funny because he's the if I look at it now as one as a couple two things. You know, hot take. The guy blew his wad in the very first song, the very first album. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> like holy Sometimes shit, bad that's time. amazing. Like that's fucking awesome. And he never plays the same after that. It's sort of the same way. Like that, that Page could never recreate the solo uh, that leads back into a whole lot of love. 
Yeah. Like he never quite recreates that ever. It's like that one take he could only do. And then he keeps it, you know, you can't ever match it. That dude matched on the recording. And the other one is just like, I find them funkier. It's the, it's the pocket and the funk side and that groove that makes it work that I'd rather listen to. Not a phone call. Call from John Bonham. <laughs> Hello, this is Lace Station Bonham. I really don't want to do talk shit about me dad. <laughs> He's a really good rock drummer, and you should really give him the respect he deserves. Okay, bye. I, I doubt hipsters would put Bonham on the top of the no, list. No, I, 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 they would probably <laughs> put Steve Gadd, or they'd probably put... Um, Neil Peart's up there too. No, who actually. cares about the hipsters? And why do we uh, it's care not, about the it's hipsters? Not, it's not hipsters. Fuck the hipsters. They're not like. hipsters. <laughs> they're hipster picks. There's a difference. Oh, okay. because there's a sense of false. There's like a. There's like, like esoteric. A, there's, no, there's a sense word? of fakeness that like people that they they try to put on a a false credibility. Hipster picks are a sign of false credibility. That's my point. Oh, okay. I see. To see, like, see, I really know my my drummers because I can pick. I'm going to put Neil Peart, John Bonham, and Clyde Stubbefield, and and uh, um, could have put a jazz guy in there. So either Elvin Jones or, or uh, 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 um, what's the guy's name, the Miles Davis one, mid-60s? Tony Williams. Oh, right. I'm going to put Tony Williams up there. And then maybe, you know... And then we're going to go back to Ginger Baker, and we're going to go back to Mitch Mitchell because those guys were in like really good bands. Or they, they propelled band, they made the bands they were in ten times better. So like right. that whole thing, it, it always becomes a, a locking. It, it, it becomes frustrating. I stopped. It turned me off Rolling Stone, John. Rolling Stone magazine, man. But you feel like that's a hipster magazine? It's not. Like I remember hipster picks. Hipster picks. So they have, so Rolling Stone's presenting a, false sense, a sense of false credibility. I see. That's my whole thing. I don't know. Who cares? It's just listen to tunes and you like them. I mean, what does it matter? At the end of the day, you know, it's just what you like. Okay. So, I mean, you could use it as a way to try to find some things that you like. What are your top five? My top five drummers? Yeah. I don't have a top five drummers. Okay. I can just tell you the drummers I like or just, I don't really rate them. No, don't rate them. Just like your favorite. Definitely John Bonham. Okay. Um... So not yeah. that many drum companies when you think about it. It's like, I was like looking the other day, like, there's only like four. I mean, you got Drum Workshop, Pearl, Tama, Ludwig. Ludwig's kind of like dead now, sort of. Like, they're not I really. I thought they were coming back. They're kind of coming back. I don't know, but it's just, it's not really the same company. You okay. Know, I feel like, well, what else is there? Did you say Tama already? Yeah. Okay. It's like four companies. And these are just solely on their own. These are big companies. Look, Gretsch. Okay, Gretsch, but that's not that big. And they they just got bought by DW. <laughs> oh, did they? Yeah. Gretsch, really? Yeah. Oh, God. They either bought, they either bought the gu- drums or the guitars. I think they bought the drums. And guitarists are still run by Fender. <laughs> just like... <laughs> no, yeah, the conglomerate thing's a terrible... It's terrible. Like, the hand craftsmanship thing. Yeah, so there's really only, like, four big companies. Really, three. I see it's just DW, Pearl, and Tama. You know any other? And the company? rest are just smaller pork the rest pie. Are like pork sp- pie is up there, but they're also pork pie is like a small company. And and what else is there? Uh, uh, there's a bunch of like I mean, there's a bunch of like 
smaller like PDP like PDPs, but PDPs that's, that's, that's an DW. imprint of DW. Yeah. What other brands are there? There's, oh, Sonar. There's Sonar. Sonar, yeah, Germany. Kind of big. Yeah, they have some like Glenn Koch is a Sonar player. I actually have a Sonar kit. Do you? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, fuck it. I'm getting a Sonar kit, man. I'm selling my shit and get going well, Sonar. Even, even look at like look at the older companies. Like you have a Rogers kit. You have an old Ludwig. You have but there's Camco. There was there wasn't a lot back then. Either. Slingerland. There's Slingerland, Slingerland Camco. Uh, Camco got bought by Ludwig. Camco L- bought, got bought by DW, which hence the, oh, yeah they the got same, those lugs, the right? lugs. Uh, Rogers, there was. Uh, I was I can, talking about drummers back, though. We can go back to John Bottom. So John, we start. You said John Bottom. Yeah, John Bottom was good when I was a kid because it was just like very concise drumming that you can break down and try to replicate. Okay. I mean, not his his fills are difficult, but like yeah. he he plays patterns that are like, you know, that you can break down. Yeah. You know, and he's into playing grooves. I mean, he's he's it's a he's he's got a good uh, musical sense. He's a good you know? like introductory staple to what you can dive into because he can go into like one degree away from like Zigaboo Modalist and like the meters. Like that's something I'm I'm really just I've been count. I've been all year I've been like all about the meters. Um, oh, they're good. Yeah, just that first that drummer's good. That yeah, Zigaboo's is pretty awesome. That sound is pretty cool too. They kind of like yeah, they get really ringing. cool. Yeah, like over compressed, like. And that's a big part of a drummer is just his sound. Yeah. And maybe it's not even a drummer, but I mean, I mean, part of his drummer, part of it's the engineers. But, True, um, but it's you know, there's in an engineering philosophy like, our, you know, we talk a lot about the Glenn Johns method, when we've been in the studio. Right. And, Glenn Johns is almost like the anti-producer. Where he's just like, set the mics up, let the guys do their thing. Yeah. A really kind of a hands-off approach. And so he always, he's always saying, like, John Bonham sounds that loud because he plays that loud. His tone, his his, his mic technique is yeah. only only goes as far as a drummer will go. So the, his tone on that first record... Yeah, I mean, a big part of it is just the touch of a drummer. Yeah. You know, and that's a big... And that's also another thing to consider with a drummer. Um, with, you know, the the quality of a drummer is the quality of his tone. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily uh, what he's playing, but how does it sound? Yeah. You know, which I feel like that's something that I'm trying to work on more of. It's not instead of, instead of trying to play more complicated beats. Right. Because you're not really, I mean, honestly, most music, at least the music that we're playing and 90% of the music that has drums on it, the grooves are usually pretty simple. Yeah. And it's just really about the groove, like how how does it sound? Everything from the feel to the pulse to the actual tone you're getting out of the drums. Mm-hmm. Um, that's mo- that's the most important thing, you know. So that's yeah. and Bonham had that. I mean, and then he then he had great fills and everything else too. Right. Um, like that snare tone is always one. Yeah. He's very, very famous for the the drum, the bass, the kick drum tone had a had yeah. a thing all its own. You know, that's, that's a, I mean, they're kind of, when, when, if you're good, if you're a good drummer, you have it all. Yeah. You know, it yeah. becomes like this, it's just a holistic thing. You right. know, you break it, we're breaking it down to these different things, like the tone of his drums, the, his groove, but a good drummer, they just, they know when to play a fill. The fill's good, a good fill. It works with what's going on in the song. Right. The drums sound good. You know, it's just like, 
just like anything. Everything kind of coming you together. Know, it's got yeah. It's just like having a good burger or something. I don't know. <laughs> we can get into a lot of food analogies. It's part know. of the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> I, I just thought maybe you would like that. I, I always appreciate that. You know. Let's see. You want to talk about harmonica players? Sure. Is that the thing? Yeah, we can talk harmonica players. I have. I this don't is really listen to that many. I don't know who, <laughs> who many of them are, other than the guy from the chess company. But that's how much I know about him because I don't know his name. The chess company. Oh, chess like, chess uh, records. Oh, you mean that like, guy? Uh, you know that guy, the chess guy. Yeah. You know. Yeah. What's his name? Other uh, than Howlin' Wolf, that played his own, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he. I mean, he has a very distinct style. True. On his stuff, but, but the 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 mojo working dude. Yeah, what's his name? Uh, I'm a blank on his name. Everyone knows what we're talking about. Yeah, that guy. You know that guy. <laughs> um, I would say, I I started taking harmonica more seriously when I, uh, I went to a concert, a John Mayall concert. Okay. Not John Mayer. No, I know. Yeah, I know John Mayer. (laughs) Everybody knows John Mayer. You know the Beanie album. (laughs) Yeah, that's a hipster pick. But uh, I probably I really do like that record though. Anyways, I saw him at uh, it was at the Ventura Theater. Okay. And this is this is like way before we ever played there. That's right. And it was it was like I I felt really uh, like honored to be there when after you know seeing him on the stage there. Um, it's anyways. a pretty musty smelling theater too. Just, just yeah, just it's to, a little funky. Just to you know, be fair about the thing, it smells weird. His, uh, I remember seeing it was like on my birthday, and um, his harmonica playing, for some reason, I felt like was very, just seemed like something that was like, uh, what's the word, like very approachable okay. for me. It was like listening to John Bonham or something, like where you can, you know that it's good and you understand it. And um, so it's like you you appreciate that that's musical, but you also realize that you could do it. Right. You understand? Yeah, yeah. So then it's kind of a motivating thing. Mm-hmm. Opposed to just listening to something that just so blows your mind that you just can't, you're like, how the hell do I, could, I could never do that. Right. You know? And you need those. Um, it's it's like that's the, the Beatle approach, you know? It wasn't, it seemed tangible. Yeah. It's very yeah, punk it's rock. Tangible. It's very punk rock, John. I guess, um, but so after that, I kind of took harmonica more seriously. But okay. I don't really listen to many harmonica players, honestly. I, I don't, I don't particularly like the the, the modern blues harmonica player. I don't. Really I don't like know that. of a modern blues player. You know, like, like the guy in Blues Travelers or something. I don't know if that's modern, but that that's just everyone's always like, "Oh, you play harmonica? You doing Blues Travelers?" Like. No, I don't. I don't do that. <laughs> I can't. I mean, he's very good. You know, he plays very quick. He's a he's a quick player. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's a little ridiculous. <laughs> it doesn't really sound bluesy. It sounds I, more like a synth or something. It's like so fast that like it loses all of its like oh my God. vibe. <laughs> that's that's intense. Yeah. The um. He's too good. It's too good. Yeah, <laughs> you like to use very... the word pastoral a lot. You talked Today about pastoral with with Beethoven. And, well, and, I also, you know, I mean, I guess they use they use that term. These those pastoral symphony or you know those pastoral movements. Yeah, that's it's because that's like a European 
rolling hills vibe. I, I could say just yeah. agrarian. Or I could say... Uh, <laughs> What's like industrial vibe? Like Just like short notes and... and industrial like, stuff? I, I think it'd be just... If that's the anti-pastoral... I would say less humanized say, is the, you know... So like digital stuff. Not digital stuff, but necessarily like machine. Like... Okay. Like, you, you, like industrial metal is very like bogged down and like or machine metal music by Lou Reed is very industrial okay kind of thing so sometimes a lot of distortions sometimes a lot of uh dissonant chords sometimes a lot of just not natural not unnatural not, not is... natural or not e- or either not either naturally as- as- uh, naturally aesthetic or aesthetically pleasing or natural or just dissonant easy or easy natural. I don't know, but those are all associated things people associate with being natural. I mean, why does nature have to be consonant? Not to get in a philosophical thing. No, we like, could. I'm down. It, you know, so that's just, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, there's, I feel like there's a, there's an Americana movement now in LA. I mean, I was looking at the, uh, I got a, but we, 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 uh, I was looking at the, uh, the Grand Old Echo. You familiar with that thing? It's like, I, it was it's, we. I think it was brought to my attention at Harvell's, at the show. show we were yeah, it's an interesting thing. It, it's it's cool to see in in LA that there's something in Silver Lake, um, that's uh, supporting mm-hmm. um, you know Americana music. It's more like country. I feel like it's more country than blues. I feel like the, the association with the word Americana, is more. Does it seem like it's more country? Or more more country and folk than blues. Generally. I think it, it, I think there's a a it's got the sort of the blues chords and per, perhaps like blues rock tone with like a country. I want to say country twang. I'm because it's like the only Amer, most Americana thing I can think of is like Fogarty's Clear, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Yeah. Right, that's the most he Americana. He synthesized kind of all that stuff. Yeah, into his he's music. got... It's kind of bluesy, kind of folky, kind of country. But kinda... it's got it's got a rock beat with a rock groove. With a, yeah. With a rock groove and rock guitar. I mean, rock and roll is Americana. It's, you know... It's yeah, just, it's like, very true. <laughs> so, like, now... I feel like nowadays it's, there's all these different genres, and so now we have to be like, oh, it's Americana. If you play old school well, rock and roll. Well, it's also got, like... The subject material is very working class. Yeah, you can say that. And very, like... But not, I wouldn't say that. That's one, you could say that. I mean, like, but like, look at like Randy Newman. Is his subject material very working class? And he's Americana, right? No, but there's also. And still, and Bob Dylan, is his subject material very working class? Potentially. If you're talking his Guthrie years. Yeah, but then like in his later stuff, like Blood on the Tracks. Would you call that that's like more working of a, that's class? More, that's more biopic. That's more uh, autobiographical. In its nature. So, what is that? What what type of person listens to that? What socioeconomic class listens to Blood on the Tracks? Hipsters, fucking hipster pits. That's a that's a that's a class. I don't know where uh, do they stand socioeconomically. <laughs> where, what what port what port? You know where are they? Where are they, Stephen? And Blood on the Tracks? No, so hipsters. hipsters. Where do they stand in the class in they, the caste system? Um, they are. In the caste system, they are uh, above. I think because all I, my my stereotypical hipster would consist of a 
someone living in in a recently gentrified spot so it's just cheap enough and it's turning gentrified so it's okay, like it's low it's it's working like downtown LA like a shitty neighborhood it's, it's, in downtown LA that's been gentrified and they moved down it's, there it's it's like skill labor so they all have like oh, okay. they all have like gra- they're all graphic artists they're all graphic <laughs> designers so they're working for like like marketing <laughs> companies and what do you do? I'm a graphic artist. Yeah, they all work in graphic design, so they all have they all have they can do like Adobe Paint or Paint Shop Pro, uh, Photoshop. I mean, and so they're all work, like, they're all on a computer all day. Yeah, are they? And they work for like like in the city. They work for these these companies. They all they're mostly urban. They're mostly urban, so they're like urban working class just above they're not working but they're not unskilled labor like most working class romantic uh, romantic notions uh, would insist of like he's like a like a factory worker like a factory worker coal miner um, truck driver uh, uh, McDonald's employee um, I don't know if that's romanticized McDonald's employee no that's more of a realistic view of <laughs> working class like I work my butt off in the fast food chain like, flipping yeah burgers. I work at the factory oh you're working at the factory no I just I'm a cashier at, yeah. at Jack in the Box like yeah yeah man Woo. working hard yeah <laughs> those jobs haven't by. been romanticized no, yet no they should be they should be because god yeah, that's damn a, that's like, a, you that's, know you know like like uh, Judge Schmel says the world needs ditch diggers too you know from Caddyshack. Oh right. Okay. Well, the no, world needs continue ditch on, diggers continue too. Continue on the on the hipster thing. So, yeah, my, it seems like something you know a lot about. A, I wanted to write a song about dating a hipster chick. Have you dated a hipster chick? No, but I thought about it. And what that experience would be like. For example, like I wrote a line called "She goes out on a Monday night because she doesn't believe in weekends." Oh, that's weekends cool. are so over it. And that's more of a that's more of a tribute to like the, the Echo Park, Silver Lake free cover uh, Monday night shows with the residencies that we'd go right. to. And that's like every time I would walk into the Silver Lake uh, the satellite rather it's always like people that I just feel just got off their graphic design jobs and just want to cut loose with some Paps Blue Ribbon because it's the cheapest beer. Like they want to yeah. live large but they know they can't afford to. So right. Monday night is their night to just go out and then because the rent is so high. The rent is too damn high. Yeah, that's that one guy said. Um, so like my my, and so that's that's the whole vibe. And then they just in my vibes they 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 like things that they out. feel they should like, so they kind of force themselves to like certain groups, even though they may not do it. That's like my whole thing about beefers. So is, what is a beefer? Is that a hipster? No, beefers That's are not hipsters. Class. Beefers can like things that hipsters like, but they mostly are just too obsessed with anime and vodka to like give a shit about. Wait, is hipsters. it, it beefer is not something you invented? That's this is. Like I did a, not invent it, but I am. I my friends did. Because I think it has a creative outlet. People have beefed it in the past. They just didn't call it beef it. So, so explain to me what a beefer is. Okay, so a beefer is someone who essentially lets loose and does not care about petty problems of the outside world in a very small nutshell. Okay. That's almost, the, that's the bare bones of it. And it's also the most broad version of it. So that can, I like it broad because you can interpret your own personality or hobbies into it. So like we like to get together, we like to cook, we like to, to get, you know, shoot to like 80s I mean, music. I kind of, I mean, I mean, 
It's it's true, but it's the I mean, thought it's that. the thought process is more <laughs> existential than that. Okay. I'm writing a book. It's a long thing. Are you writing a book on this? Yeah, I got to work on it. I should start writing it soon. Oh. <laughs> you haven't even started it. You just I've said, been I've been just conceptualizing. Right now, you just said I'm outlining it. I'm conceptualizing it, and I'm uh, thinking very hard about what I, you know how to be you know how to con because like for example like uh, if you look at if you look at beef beef like beefers of the past would include guys like Jack like the biggest one for us is like Jack Kerouac that guy was a beefer that guy would what about Andy did whatever. Andy Dix? Yeah. I mean, Andy Dick? Dix. Dix? The plural? Dick. I'm, I don't think Andy Dick. Dick. Dix. You mean the guy we saw outside, the same Andy Dick we saw outside the Daikokuya once? Wait, is it is it Dick or Dix? Dick. Single. Oh, I always thought it was Dix. No. Yeah, is that guy a beefer? No, I don't think he is. I don't know. Basically. Seems like a beaver to me. Be, like, like Hunter S. Thompson, Gregory Rasputin was a beefer. Rasputin? Yeah. What about Trump? Is he a beefer? No. Phil Collins, he's a beefer. What about like the Eagles? Those were definitely not beefers. No. <laughs> those guys were like, those guys had way too many, like they, they cared too much about their own personal like gains. So uh, I, how was how's the experience here? It was very good, Stephen. Very good. I, I think it'll like get I... better once people have come up and, you know, I feel well, like I understand once, about once beefers a lot food, more. Yeah, yeah, that'll be um, that'll be interesting. It's really uh, getting in deep into my deep into the the grains of my meat. Yes, yeah, it's your meat will will thank it's you. Rendering. Yes, it'll it, it'll your beef in it will will is 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 not necessarily always physically healthy, but certainly emotionally and mentally healthy to uh, yes. provide stability. In, in your conscience, I suppose. Anyway, I want to thank you for just. Yes. <laughs> I want to thank you for coming. This is a deep podcast. This is a fun, fun. We went deep. We went, we went places, and we I'm glad places. that we. Uh, uh, I didn't think I was gonna come back. You'd be surprised who who can come back and go places. And, well, we're gonna have Ted on in a minute. And we'll, Ted doesn't go places. Ted, Ted. He's not a philosophical kind of guy. No. He's, he's capable of it. He's got, he's got some interesting opinions. He's, he's very strong. Fun. He's got a very strong... I, I like him for his strong opinions. I, like, I always appreciate